You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hey, Dolphins, this is Michael Fink with the uh, FinFans Podcast. Each week we come to you and bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. During the season, you'll hear two shows each week where we review and preview each game. We shoot straight from the hip and have fun in doing so. We'd like to thank both the Dolphins Talk Network and the Pigskin Podcast Network for their support. Uh, Make sure to check them out. Please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Please make sure to follow the show. That way you'll know when a new one comes out. It's truly appreciated. All right, let's uh, kick off today's show. And we're back for another podcast. This week, I've got Jim Johnson returning to the show. Woohoo! Say hello, Jim. Hello, everybody. It's been a long time away, and uh, I'm excited to, to get another podcast in the books. And Daniel Reinhardt. What up, Finn fans? Boy, isn't it ha- good to have you back, Jimmy. Welcome back. Yeah, thanks, man. It feels good to be back behind the mic here. It's uh, it's been a long time away, and uh, you know I'm ready to talk some dolphin football. Yeah, we got the gang back together, Mike. Yeah, the band's back together. All right, so we thought we'd ask the uh, listeners to give us some um, suggestions as to what they'd like to hear. And one of the suggestions we got was from Matt uh, Mariani, and he wanted us to name our top fifteen dolphins. So I put a list together, and, and Jim and Daniel put lists together. And uh, I based my list on my perception of who we can least afford to lose first and second least afford to lose second. That's how I did it. How'd you do it, Jim? Well, that's a, a big part of it is how big a piece of the puzzle is each player to the team. But you, you also can't ignore the talent and, and the stardom and all of that and some of these new free agents that are bringing in X, Y, or Z to the team. Right. But I tried, to, I tried to kind of balance it between who's the most important piece, not necessarily the most talented. And Daniel, how'd you do it? Wait a second. Wait a second. Did you say top 15? I thought yep. you said top 53. <laughs> no, fifteen. <laughs> no, no, I got fifteen. Um, I I got a couple of honorable mentions too, but uh, I did it more on the longer lines of I'm looking at the roster and who do I think is the better of the players. I didn't really necessarily do it as importance to the team. I got you, uh, but I definitely can feel where that would be a very good way to do it. There's a hundred different ways to do it. You know what? It's sure. it's all subjective. So let's do the top fifteen hairdos next. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. But you know, I'm gonna give my list and people are gonna say, What are you nuts? And then yeah. that's just how people are, and that's that's great, you know, because everybody's entitled to their opinion. So anyway. Well, here we Lou's go. not here this week, Mike, so we're not probably gonna call you nuts. <laughs> it's it's okay. I don't mind <laughs> Lewis calling me nuts if he feels that way. Uh, I get my shots in on him plenty. Yes. So yes, you do. At fifteen, I've got uh, Zach Sealer. I like it. What you got? I figured you'd have him higher than that, Mike. Well, yeah, maybe. But go <laughs> ahead. Uh, my my number fifteen guy is Durham Smythe. Uh, just uh, you know, he's a tight end that's getting the job done, and and uh, that's where I got him. Interesting. Okay. So neither guy did I have on my list or on my honorable mentions, actually. I struggled a bit with number 15 between one of my two honorable mentions, was, which was Chase Edmonds and Teddy Bridgewater. And uh, with who I ended up going at 15 is our all-pro kicker in Jason Sanders. 
Interesting. Hope he has a better year than last year. Yes, sir. At 14, I uh, had a tie, and and you'll understand why in a second. Uh, I chose Liam Meikenberg and Austin Jackson because I don't know which one's going to win that job over at right tackle or, you know, or maybe they put them at guard. Who knows? But assuming those two are battling for the same position, it's the guy that wins that battle. Yeah, I like that. I, I can understand the thought process there. I went with a defender, this uh, number 14, Byron Jones. He's a guy in that secondary that uh, we'll be in deep trouble without. So Agreed. Yeah, so I also went with a defender, but a completely different position. I went a little bit younger, a little bit uh, more agile, I would say, and a lot more powerful than Jalen Phillips at number 14. Okay, at 13, I went with Jerome Baker. Jerome Baker. Yep. I don't think we have much depth behind him that anybody's going to get too excited about. No, that's that's very true. Very true. My number 13 is another defender and uh, was your number 15 in Zach Sealer. I think, uh, you know, he's... Same ballpark. Yeah, sure. we're, we're in the same thought process. Yeah. Zach has been our really our most consistent defender on the field. And... Uh, you know, he's our highest rated defender, I think, uh, across the board. So he's an important piece. Yeah, number uh, lucky number 13 for me. I also had a defender, and I also had a linebacker, but it was not Mr. Jerome Baker. It was Andrew Van Ginkle out of Wisconsin. Yeah, he Andrew would be one of my honorable mentions, if I were going to give honorable mentions. Um, at 12, I went with Raekwon Davis. I'm hoping Raekwon has a little better year than he had last year, but I do think that uh, with our line, he's probably irreplaceable. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good pick. I had Raekwon at number 18, so he's just below our top 15. Uh, definitely a big beast on the defensive line that gets a lot of work done. Uh, but my number 12, I'm going with our new uh, center slash guard in uh, Connor Williams. Uh, we desperately need a better offensive line, and uh, if that uh, if that player doesn't pan out, uh, we're in a world of hurt again. So Connor Williams is my number twelve. Well, I uh, I was surprised to hear the combination of Eichenberg and Austin Jackson a little lower on the list, uh, only because we haven't seen anything from Austin. I would really love to put Eichenberg on this list next year, but I, I echo you completely on both sentiments uh, Sentiments there, Jim. I had Raekwon Davis at number 18 on my list because I actually did 20 as well. And then I have Connor Williams at number 12. Oh, man. Interesting. Bing, bing, yeah. bing, bing. Yeah, we got a winner. All right. Uh, I have Mike Kosicki at 11th. He's a little lower than some might think, but uh, I, I think we've got some tight ends that can actually play. So I don't think if we'd lost him for a few weeks, we would really suffer. Yeah, Gizeki is one of those players that seems to have a lot of talent, and you'd think he'd be a bigger part of our offense, and this year he may be, but uh, I struggle with Mike because some games he just disappears. My number 11 is a guy that wears the number one. And uh, <laughs> I, I desperately wanted to put him higher on this list. But to me, there's still a lot of players that are better than he is. Maybe not as impo- important, obviously, but uh, Tua is my number 11 on this list. 
Well, at number 11, I had the other linebacker we had already spoken about, a guy who's all over the field, and Mr. Jerome Baker. Okay. At number 10, I went with Robert Hunt. Ooh, shocker. Yeah, I, I can't see that myself, but hey, you're, you're, we just talked about uh, every, every guy picks his own team. So, uh, well, here's the thing. I love me some Robert if Hunt. If Hunt goes uh, down, who are you putting in that, in that spot? Austin Jackson. <laughs> yeah, we'll put Solomon Kindley in there and have him fall uh, on somebody. I don't yeah. know. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I agree with your, with your importance of the offensive line. I struggle with the play of the individuals. So I, I haven't used many of these of our drafted offensive lineman on this list. I got you. Uh, my number 10 is a guy that uh, you guys have already mentioned, and that's Jerome Baker. He's, uh, he's counted on to do a lot on the field and uh, probably more than he should. He might be better if he wasn't tasked with so much, but uh, Jerome Baker, number 10. Well, is he inside or is he outside this year? That's really the question, but <laughs> regardless of where they put him, they really don't have a replacement that can do what he can do. Right. Uh, he's going into the final year of his contract now, too, right, Mike? Yeah, and that I think so. we had talked about previously. I think so, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be really telling to see what he does this year. Uh, what do we have him? 10, 11, 12 on our respective Something like list. That, yeah. yeah, I think so. That a boy, Jerome. All right, so for my number ten, it's just a guy I couldn't, uh, I just couldn't bring myself to to let fall uh, past ten. But I'm I'm kind of with Jim where there's still a lot to be proven. And there are some other guys on this list who have, have kind of proven some things. Uh, so my number 10 is the captain of our offense under center, Tua Tungavalo. At number nine, I took Javon Holland. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right, I love it. My number nine, and, and Javon's a little higher up on my list, uh, but I went with Mike Gazeki, who's, you know, I put him just above where you did, Mike, but... Uh, uh-huh. You know, he's an important part and a talented guy. Uh, as Mike and I will always say, you know, once he breaks a tackle, we'll give him more love. So <laughs> We <laughs> just talked waiting. about that recently. Yeah. We talked about that last offseason. Yeah, yeah, every year. And just a couple of podcasts ago as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's I'm gonna right happen. there. One day it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. He tries to hurdle. He can do that, but he, he, he doesn't break that. It's going to happen by accident at some point. You right? would think so. So I, I also have Mike Kosicki at number nine, and here's the reason. Uh, he should be hired based on his measurables and his metrics, but he just struggles to get open sometimes. He struggles for separation, and as we just said, he doesn't break many tackles. He has top three talent, top three tight end in the league talent, mind you. not His just hands are our, phenomenal. He's got phenomenal hands. But he uh, just hasn't put it together yet. So. Yep. Of all of the players on our team, his season is going to be one of the most interesting to watch because, you know, he's on the franchise tag. What does right. he do in what this you, new What offense? you really got to look for is how much are they using him and how are they using him? Yep. Yep. And so, uh, I think you'll be able to guess based on that whether he's going to be back or not. Yeah. Yep. So Mike Kosicki for me at number nine. All right. Number eight, Connor Williams. <laughs> Love it. Yep. So you're, trenches. you're pretty heavy on the offensive lineman here, Mike. Uh, trenches, yes. You want to lose in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we know how it looks when you lose linemen. You know, uh, wow, big, big we've time. seen that movie before. Big yes, time. we have. 
big time. Well, my number eight is another defender, uh, outside linebacker, Mr. Van Ginkle. And I have uh-huh. him, I have him this high because he makes some big impact plays in games. And, you know, Lewis is always chiming about pl- playmakers and, uh, you know, the gangster gets out there and makes some plays. He, you know, he's, he's not in there as much as, as Baker is, but uh, he shows up on the highlight reel quite a lot, and I think he's an important, talented guy. 100 miles so, an hour all the time. That's it. Hair yeah. on fire, right? Yep. yep. Van Ginkle, number eight. Love it. I love to see him that high up on your list. My number eight is a guy that Mike has already mentioned, and I for sure thought you was going to put him here when you started talking about another defender mm-hmm. there, Jim. And I have, uh, what, number eight in our defensive backfield, Mm -hmm. uh, rookie last year. And mark my words, this guy has all pro talent, fellas. Uh, He's going to put it all together and be a stellar player for us for a a long time. That's Javon Holland. Okay. Can't argue with that. I believe he's number eight, right? Is that his jersey number? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. At seven, I put Jalen Waddell. Yep, yep. So I'll just say it right quick. I have Jalen Waddle at seven as well. I'll let Jimmy talk about his seven, but I'm I'm right there with you, Mike. Seven's pretty easy for me. You guys just went over, uh, you know, that safety, Javon Holland. Uh, he checks all the boxes and looks good on all the ratings and the metrics and makes plays. Uh, Javon Holland, number seven. Love it. Okay. Six, I have uh, Manuel Agba. Yeah, you uh, can't really argue with that. I'm going to no. jump in front of you again here, Jim, only because How I'm, dare w- you? I'm with the host. I That's back-to-back, wow. number seven and number yeah. six. We have identical Emmanuel Ogbaugh here at number six, barely missed the top five. Looking forward to seeing him wreak some havoc this year. Yes, sir. Well, I'm the odd man out, I guess. I've got uh, an offensive lineman at number six, and that's uh, Mr. Armstead, our new free agent. You know, do I really need to explain this? We desperately need help. I just hope the dude's legs can hold up. And uh, Teron, Teron Armstead, number six. All right. Very good. At fifth, I have Christian Wilkins. Dun, da, da, da. We match up again, Mr. Mike. Oh, I really? am uh, number five, Christian Wilkins. It's, he's just such a beast, man. Yeah, it's, it's getting so better every year. Yeah. It's a trifecta. I also have Christian Wilkins number oh, five. Look at that. So, High you know, five, fellas. Oh, man. That's, ah. the, that's the thing. You know, he doesn't get a lot of sacks, but, you know, 13 tackles for loss, 89 tackles, 49 solo, and 10 quarterbacks hits from your guy in the middle. It's, that's good work right there. So You know what else he brings? Energy. 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 You know, yeah. He brings energy. He, yep. he gets everybody juiced. And if you haven't, you have to go listen to him being mic'd up. Oh, yeah. Right? The mic'd up videos that they post. Uh, I mean, there, there's many dolphins who have good ones, but uh, every time Wilkins is mic'd up, it's must watch. And those things are edited. Can you imagine what they edit out? <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Oh, man. I wish I could get my hands on one of those. Uh-huh, me too. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. 
You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, and over-unders and props, your betting options feel endless. If you're a New York baseball fan, yeah, you can bet on the Mets, you can bet on the Yankees, both are doing well, and uh, maybe you will too. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. At four, I've got Byron Jones. We saw well, what happened when he missed time, and it was never good. Yeah. yeah. I, Sorry, Jimmy, go ahead. No, I, I agree. I mean, I had him down lower, but only because of, uh, you know, others I thought were, you know, a little more talented per se. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can't argue with that thought at all. Yeah, you only have to look. And, see, I continuously look to the – there's one game in particular the game versus Buffalo when Stephon Diggs just killed us for like 470 yards and 12 touchdowns across the middle (laughs) on those crossing routes. Uh When Byron Jones was out, that single game showed us the importance of Byron Jones. I also have Byron at number four. That's four in a row, Mike. Wow. I think you're copying my list. Did you see my list? I think we're going to have the top three the same. I I almost guarantee one, one through seven. We lined up. I, I don't know. That, that, would be, that would be pretty odd. Well, we'll see. We, were, we were on number four, and my number four is Emmanuel Ogba. I've got him a little bit higher than what you guys just have. Just a wee bit, yeah. Yep, just a little bit. But this guy has quietly just been a great player for us. And, you know, you talk about Byron Jones or, or Xavier Howard or what have you helping them back. Uh, Ogba is getting it done up front, so it's it's a joint effort there. So number four is where Ogba sits on my list. Okay. Yeah, and they paid him like he was the fourth best player on the team, right? I can agree so, with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I like it. Three, I have Tyreek Hill. All right. Go ahead, Jimmy. Well, I've got uh, his counterpart, Jalen Waddle, at number three. I love that. He was to his, uh, you know, blanky last year. And, and, uh, you know, if you take him away, uh, that's going to be a big hit just in his, in his body, never mind his talent. And, uh, you know, I got, I got Jalen Waddle at number three and, uh, that's why way I went. Uh I love it. And to think that he is a top three talent on this team, which is completely possible is just astounding. It's just astounding. That we yeah. were able to pull him, and, and we took him where we did last year. Uh, that took some guts, in yeah, my opinion. I was a bit suspicious of that pick myself, and uh, you know, right now it looks like it was okay. So, Had they yeah. not gone out and got Tyreek, I would probably have him where you do. I could agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll also say, I think it was funny, uh, you said that he was to his blanky. Yep. I haven't heard that term used for an adult in, in uh, probably ever. So. Well, hey, you know, it, sometimes it looked like he was a, a baby back there curled up into a little ball. So, you know, where's my, where's my whoopee, you know? And, Dropping uh, the bombs on the uh, first show back, Hey, huh? well, you know, that's that's what folks want to hear. Uh, other than, uh, other than I'll be labeled. We're going to talk about this after we're done with the list, uh, Jim. All right, go ahead. 
All right, so it, I guess we didn't have the top three the same because here is where I had my second and only offensive lineman on the list. Uh-huh. I just think he's way too talented to not have as a top three player. I, I understand the injury concerns, the age concerns, but he staying healthy is going to be a, a game changer for us, and that's Mr. Teron Armstead. He is my number two. Yep, makes sense. Well, that leaves me with Tyreek Hill at the number two spot. Okay. I feel that uh, if our wide receivers don't eat and help this uh, quarterback we have, we're all done anyway. So uh, great talent, and uh, that's a great one-two punch there in Waddle and Hill, and uh, I'm excited to see them on the field. Yeah, you just you have to have him at least top two, right, in, in my eyes. And three makes sense too, but. He's, he's a game changer. He's a speed demon. He's somebody that the opposing team, if they do not game plan against, he's going to eat him for lunch. I also have Mr. Tyreek Hill, the cheetah, at number two. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like our number one is probably pretty close here. Xavier I think and we all, yeah, I think we all have him at the same time. Yep. Yeah. Well, since there's only one left, it's got to be pretty obvious. Right? Yep. Dan Marino. Oh, yep. wait. Uh, yeah, I wish Xavier Howard. What can you say? I mean, he belongs there. He, he yeah. definitely bl- he belongs to as the number one cornerback in the league, mind you. Oh, agree. Oh, yep. Some of these, uh, some of these columnists, uh, yeah, get well, their head out of there. It <laughs> is what it is. Yep. So that was fun, and we were closer than I thought we'd be, to be honest with you. Yeah, especially as we got towards the top 10, right? Yep. Like, yep. Makes sense. It's all about your priorities, too. You, you, I mean, you know, Mike, you were heavy on some offensive linemen, and, and I completely get because it. Because we can't afford to lose them. That's, that's oh, really I, the reason. I, yeah. I, I completely get it, but I just don't have much faith in, in Eichenberg and, and some of these guys that really haven't. They just haven't stepped up, whether it's our offensive I'm line coaching. I'm just not sure they got the coaching they needed last year out of that offensive group. I'm just not sure, you know. Yeah. Uh, they were going with two offensive coordinators, and, and you know, when have we seen that work, you know? I, I'm just not sure, you know. I can't say they were terrible, but it felt like they were. Yeah, and a guy like Eichenberg, I, I think personally i seen some things from him that I really liked. And I thought that there was something there to really work with and make him successful. And, and we've talked about this on the podcast recently. We've seen a guy like Austin Jackson backpedal, you know, uh, fall backwards in his level of play. So. Well, you know, as teams figure you out, yeah, that works both ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah You've got to have an answer. If you don't, uh, you regress. I think we're all looking forward to seeing these, uh, these new offensive coaches and what they can do with these guys. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see. I mean, you know, it, it'll be a surprise because none of us really know what to expect. We're not necessarily pessimistic, but we haven't been given a lot of reason to be optimistic. Yep. So we'll see. In a couple of weeks, guys, I'm going to have uh, Kevin Bryant join us. Uh, he wrote a book uh, called Spies on the Sideline. And okay. uh, what that is is, is basically uh, he used to be – Uh, an investigator, basically. And he looked into the ways that coaches try and get an advantage on Sunday. He's got some interesting stuff to share. Um, 
it should be a pretty interesting show. Uh, Excellent. He's going to talk about, obviously, the Patriots and their cheating. And uh, I was going to say, he better have some good insight as to Bill Belichick. Well, yeah. Oh, my I mean, goodness. How dare you say they cheated? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. This in the pudding. Jim, you're close to that snowplow, right? <laughs> oh, don't get me started. So they started cheating long before Belichick is my point. But, uh, yeah, so he's, he's going to talk about how teams cheat and how teams try and stop cheating. So it'll be interesting uh, to listen to his perspective and, and what he has to share. So anyway, so that's something to look forward to. And, uh, you know, we'll have uh, Lewis coming back in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Training camp opens in a couple of weeks. So a lot of stuff oh, going boy. on about the same time. The end of July, beginning of August is some of the most beautiful times. So what times. I want to hear, because since we haven't had him on for a while, is I want to hear Jim's interpretation of just about everything that's gone on. I mean, the way the team performed last year, uh, Flores' dismissal, McDaniel coming in. How do you feel about all that, Jim? Oh, boy. Let me get my popcorn ready. Oh, man. You're really trying to get my stomach in a knot here. Uh, well... So being a, a long-time Dolphins fan, the last couple of decades has been frustrating at best. You know, we, we go through quarterbacks, we go through head coaches, we go through general managers, you know, vice presidents, yada, yada, <laughs> yada. And every two or three years, one piece of the puzzle gets thrown out the window and we have to do a partial rebuild. And, you know, when Flores was let go, I was kind of shocked. Um, because I thought he was a solid coach as time went by, you know, you hear, you hear some of this and some of that and, uh, you know, players didn't like him very well and, you know, whatever, you know, a lot of the players didn't like Don Shula either, but you know, it was either do, do what you need to do on the field or get the heck out. They and, liked uh, him a lot better after they left the team and realized he was right. the reason they were winning. Right. You know, he, he did, uh, I thought Flores in general did fairly well. The first part of last season was, you know, seven losses in a row. That was kind of mind numbing. Um, you know, so in a nutshell, I mean, I'm a bit flustered that Greer is still running this boat, uh, when Flores was released. Um, I don't know if he's got, uh, you know, blackmail goods on Ross or what. I just, uh, I struggle with it and I still do. This season has a little bit more optimistic flair to it than, you know, the Gase, the Philbin and whoever else we want to name here, Flores or Came whatever. Cameron. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 again it's I don't you, I I didn't know I was going to get thrown under the bus here to to run this team apart a little bit here. But it's been too much turnover too frequently to ever put a quality product on the field. Jim, I I think everybody would agree with that. Yeah. Well, that's what and and that's but as a fan, it's very frustrating and it's hard to stay tuned in when you feel like it's the same old song and dance. So this uh, new coach uh, brings some optimism like the others have. You know. He's a bit of an odd duck. He, he's a little strange, and he's kind of hard to figure out, and, and I haven't really figured him out, and that's a good thing. You know, uh, Philbin, you know, after one interview, you could tell he was overwhelmed with the job. 
uh, Adam Gase in a few short weeks, you know, months per se, uh, you know, we knew he, he was never going to do anything wrong the whole time. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, we got a new coach, a new plan. I really don't know what to expect. We've got Tyreek Hill coming in, which is very exciting. I can't think of a more exciting free agent addition to the team in, in a long, long time. Since Mike Wallace. Well, <laughs> Mike Boy. Wallace was a big flash in the pan, but he didn't have the skill set that Tyree killed us. No, not at all. Uh, he had Wallace, speed, but he didn't Wallace have much was else. a one-trick a one pony, and if he couldn't make a highlight reel catch, he didn't, he didn't even want to play. Uh, so um, so I'm, I'm excited to see what this new regime can do. Uh, but I'm not down in the Kool-Aid if you get my drift. Uh, I want to see what, how all of this is going to translate. And that's kind of what, my, how my list went earlier, you know, because, uh, you know, you're, you're putting a lot of importance on some of these offensive linemen that I, I just, I can't put any faith in. So that's why they weren't on my list. But, uh, you know, it's been a, a tumultuous, uh, you know, six or eight months and now you got Flores that's that's suing the the Dolphins and and the NFL yet he's still working for the NFL which is kind of mind-blowing to me um so uh you know the the curse of the new stadium and all is uh, seems to be still in the in Indian force. burial ground huh yes yeah I I think there's still some of that going on so um yeah it's gonna be a very exciting time to be a Dolphin fan as long as uh, our quarterback steps to the plate and can deliver some footballs. I, yeah, think I don't know if all... you guys noticed, but he wasn't on my list. And it wasn't because I think poorly of him. It was because if he gets hurt, Bridgewater comes in, and I think Bridgewater right. can perform at his level. Yep. I almost left Tua off my list. I actually almost did. I had in my original draft, I had him at about 16. And uh, now it's not really a knock on Tua per se. It's more of I feel there's other players that are rated better and are contributing better to the team. Yep. Uh, you know, I can say Tua did this or Tua did that, but we won some games in spite of Tua, not because of Tua. So this is how I base some of that stuff on. And, uh, you know, like I said, if our quarterback can deliver, uh, I think we're going to have a fun season. Yeah, you know, Jim, you didn't give me your crystal ball. Had you done that and I could look at this next season and, and, and see, you know, Tua develop and become right. what we think he can be, then I would, ha I would have had him on my list. But yeah. I'm going based on the past, not the future. Right. Yeah, and, and my crystal ball, um, I was talking about, you know, all of the revolving door and the, the too much turnover. Uh, you know, my crystal ball got so confused, it didn't know, it didn't know <laughs> what was what. So, um, you know, I had to let it rest for a while. So it's in, it's in storage right now, uh -huh. and uh, we're, we're going to bring it out and see if it's cleared up at all, any, you know, at all. So I'm not optimistic. <laughs> well, let's hope it doesn't. Let's hope it's not cracked and broken from seeing the future. It, yeah. I, I, uh, I think that if Tua does what we think he could possibly do, he's there's he's a top five guy on the team. You know, uh, so it's going to well, be he, very interesting. I love your takes on the the Flores situation and everything, Jim. And and I just wanted to point out to the listeners, if you guys didn't know, so Jim, Mike, and I were the original trio on Fin Fans podcast. And if you go back four you years can, ago, yeah. 
episodes 24, 25, and 26. This was the search for Brian Flores and the conversation surrounding him and the the other candidates at the time. This is right after uh, Adam Gase was relieved of his duties. It, you can you can really see where we was at at the time versus you know obviously what's happened. But this was the original trio, and uh, it seems like so long ago, doesn't it, guys? It does. It's been a while, that's for sure. Most of this podcast has lived in the Brian Flores area era. Right. Yep. Yep. Right. And I gotta be honest, you know, I liked Flores and yeah. uh I didn't hate Gase until the end. <laughs> you know. Right. But uh Same. you know, I, the bottom line is this getting the right coach is imperative and what Flores was able to do to the defense was magnificent, but he didn't do a whole lot with the offense and uh, that's where we're struggling. And, and so the hiring of McDaniel to me is, is brilliant, yep, but yeah. it's got to work. Exactly. Yeah. If, if, if nothing else, the, the struggles at getting the offense on, on track, getting them up to par. But uh, he seems to be the right guy to do it. You know what I mean? He seems to have the right oh, no. mentality. McDaniel, absolutely. I was talking yep. about Flores. Like, if, yep. if none of the other reasons uh, we look at Flores as he wasn't the, the guy, uh, you could see the struggles on offense and keeping a staff together and all these other yes. things as one of the reasons. Going with two offensive reasons. coordinators. Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know who whoever thought that was a good idea. Uh, I think we all were kind of letting it go. To have, uh, yeah, I mean, do, I wanted to see know, it before I judged it, and you know, yeah. at, at the end of the day, they weren't great at running and they weren't great at passing. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and one more comment on this whole coaching carousel that we've had: um, great quarterbacks make great coaches. Yes, sir. Um, and we have struggled with that department since 1999, and it, it's a blessing and a curse. Because we got to watch Dan Marino tear up the NFL for a long time, 15, 16 years. So now, yeah, so now it's, uh, yeah, I was thinking 84, but it was 83. Um, So so now everything is compared to him, and that makes it very difficult. But we've got to have a guy that can make plays when they need to be made. not on second and two, but on third and 13 and, and fourth and four at the yes. end of the game. Yes, when uh, you need these, that first down to have a chance to win the game. These are the plays that really matter. You know, you can have all the stats in the world, and if you can't complete to third and three at the end of the game, you know, you're, you're either giving the ball back to the other team or you're not scoring the points that you need to score. So... You know, the Atlanta Falcons can can attest to that. You know, if you just completed one first down, uh, you're Super Bowl champions. But no, they couldn't do that. So, uh, you know, it's just uh, you see too many failures and not enough successes. And and that's where we've got to succeed is is we need to have more successes when it matters. Yep. Well, you hope that Tyree Kill can bring some of that, right? You, you hope that uh... – the offensive line can give the quarterback enough time to be able to stand back there on third down and find an open receiver, you know, right. or extend the play and right. have the ability to find an open receiver that way. Yep. So, yep. We yeah. say it all the time. 
Uh, he's going to have to show us. He'd come back from six or seven points down, ten points down in the fourth quarter, and and hold a lead with four minutes left. Those are the things that are going to make the season great. It's a lot to ask, right? <laughs> only, only the great ones do it consistently. Well, mm-hmm. better get on your uh, great horse because we're going to need it. it. Yep. All right, guys, anything else you want to discuss? No, nah, man, it was just awesome to have Jimmy back with us. Yeah, it was, uh, I got to say, it, I'm, I'm uh, excited to be back, and I really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll make a habit of it. You feeling huh, the right. juice? You feeling the juice? Yeah, a little bit, a little All bit. Right. All right. Oh, well, we definitely got you for next week, right? As far as I know. Okay, so we'll see you next week. All right, Sounds gentlemen, great. have a great week. We'll see evening. everybody else next week, too. And, yep. Uh, Thanks, guys, and uh, uh, look forward to uh, hearing what uh, Kevin Bryant has to say when we get him on, and uh, fins up, everybody. Fins up. Fins up. All right, that's today's show. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans Podcast is proud to be part of DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network and the pigskin podcast network check out these sites guys there's lots of podcasts and information there that you'll enjoy all right until next time be well and take care